Welcome to This Conscious Life with Emina and Paul Rushton. In this modern world, where we're relentlessly plugged in, yet increasingly disconnected, perpetually doing, yet so rarely just being, processing overwhelming amounts of information, yet still searching for the truth, it's time to come up for air. Here, within this community, We share stories, rituals and recipes for a beautifully humble but plentiful life. And we intersperse these with the pilgrimages we take to visit those who have taught us profoundly powerful things about humankind. By sharing our stories, we deepen our connections and remind ourselves of all that unites rather than divides us. From holistic wisdom to slow, sustainable lifestyles, spiritual nourishment to conscious parenting, this is your weekly Conscious Living Guide, here to inspire and illuminate, connect and nurture, just as nature intended. Welcome to this Conscious Life. Episode 2 is all about Ayurveda. I discovered Ayurveda 10 years ago when I got pregnant with our first daughter and there was so much contradictory advice around me. Everyone was sharing their birth stories. Um, Many old wives tales were doing the rounds. Um, I was given lots of books. I had friends, really well-meaning, lovely friends who were sending me pregnancy magazines and I started to feel a little overwhelmed by the information that was around me and obviously I wanted to ensure that I nourished my body very well and that my growing child was given what I hoped to be as good a start in life as, as was possible but I also had a very strong feeling of wanting to listen to my body and really not wanting to follow anyone else's advice, uh, which may sound pig-headed, but felt like a very strong intuitive urge um, and something that I, that I sort of started to feel quite protective about. So what happened was I was just wandering a bookshop. I was in the, I was in the early stages of my pregnancy. I was probably about 11 or 12 weeks pregnant and I was in the holistic section and I saw a book called The Gentle Birth Method by Dr. Gowrie Mother and it really caught my eye and my heart seemed to respond to the, to the name of it and I took it from the shelf and started to read it right there and then in the bookshop and immediately felt connected to its message which was incredibly holistic and gentle and really really talked about preparing for birth and motherhood in a way which was very deeply rooted in nourishment in support of your own individual body of your needs um also you're supporting yourself spiritually emotionally as well as physically and i think that's what struck a chord with me you know 10 years ago 
I was not ostensibly doing anything which I believed to be a spiritual practice. I had not discovered Ayurveda and I practiced yoga very sporadically in a sort of gym setting (laughs) rather than in my own home, um, honoring my own practice and my own rhythms. But something about the language of the book and the stories that were shared really struck a chord with me. So I bought the book and I took it home and that's that was my introduction to Ayurveda. So the author um, is a doula and a very experienced birth practitioner, and all of her all of her wisdom is rooted in Ayurveda. So I sat quietly that evening and I filled up the questionnaire, which which helped me work out how I was built. Really, you know what I was made up of, what my what my inherent sort of genetic and emotional and psychological makeup was and we talk about the doshas so the doshas are a way of understanding the biological um sort of jigsaw pieces which come together to create the whole of us and i took the questionnaire and discovered that i was this word that i had never encountered before the word was pitta so <laughs> only that made me think of pita bread which I ate plenty of because I'm Turkish and we and we grew up with lots of bidet but it was it it was really powerful because I sat and I read the descriptions that related to someone who has a lot of pitta in their system how it related to everything from the way they sleep uh, and dream to the cravings they have to how they cope in hot or cold weather to how their skin shows signs of sensitivity and all of it was incredibly accurate in terms of guiding me to see what my predominant doshic makeup was and why ultimately I am the way that I am. So it opened this door into Ayurveda, which had previously been closed. And you know, I had dipped my toe in. They'd been there had been one or two Ayurvedic uh, brands that I had encountered over the years, but I had never I had never read a book on Ayurveda. This was my first uh, this this gentle birth method book. And I followed the advice in the book, not to the letter because I'm never extreme in these things, but the things that resonated with me and the oil massages and bathing rituals. Um, I adjusted my diet from the beginning after reading the book to quell the excess of fire and heat in my system and very quickly began to feel the benefits of doing so. And because I had such a happy pregnancy, I was blessed to have a happy, healthy pregnancy and blessed again to have a, 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 you know, a quick natural intervention free birth, which I thank God for every day. Um, I, I really came to trust what I had learned because it helped me trust my body. It had really empowered me and it had really returned me to trusting my intuition to listening to my body to and you know many times during the process of giving birth 
I was told to do certain things by midwives, which perhaps were not what I felt at that time. I was told um, at times to sort of get into positions in which I didn't feel comfortable. And I just wanted to be in my own space. I wanted to trust my body. I wanted to 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 just lose myself in the process of the physical process that I was going through because I had been doing that in preparation for giving birth. I'd done all of the visualizations and had learnt some really lovely meditation techniques. And all of these again were very rooted in Ayurveda and in Vedic teachings. So it was a beautiful introduction to something which has come to define how I live and how my husband Paul and how we live with our girls at home. And I'm going to introduce a few of the sort of principles of Ayurveda and hopefully explain it in a way which makes it more accessible and um, clarifies the real beauty and and natural power of it. So the word itself, Ayurveda, so Ayu uh, means life and Ayurveda can mean science, wisdom, knowledge, they're interchangeable. So we're talking about you know, the wisdom of life, the inherent sort of universal wisdom that abounds in natural life, in living. Um, and the implication here is that it's the knowledge of, of, of living life well. So the wisdom held within Ayurveda guides us to lead a life which is healthier, happier and richer uh, because it is it is a reflection of nature. It is a way of explaining all in nature of which we are an inextricable part. And it helps us make sense of all the things around us that affect us and helps us navigate our lives ever more successfully and gently. So in Ayurveda, there's never any distinction to be made between the parts of ourselves, so our mental, emotional, physical well-being, nor is there a distinction to be made in the environment we live in. Nature is nature, you know, the land upon which we stand, the thoughts which which run through our minds, the skin which is brushed by the breeze, all of these things make up a bigger picture of which we are a part and we can't loosen any of the threads that make up this tapestry. They are all knitted and knotted together in a way which creates life as we know it and everything is part of one whole and because everything is part of one whole, this is obviously holism and holistic well-being where the word holism comes from, everything affects us in good ways and then in in less good ways at times we we are not an island we we are not removed from anything going on around us the person sitting beside us the food we put into our mouths the the sheets we lie down upon the grass we we cross as we you know as we enter a garden every single thing that touches us has an effect upon us and impacts us in some way. So Ayurveda is really about how we adjust 
to things that affect us, how we intuit more effectively. So how we really begin to peel away the the sort of clamour and white noise around us so that we just get back to our intuition and our deepest needs and really start to hear our bodies. We really start to understand what they need and what they're craving and and how they speak to us when we're when we've been ignoring them for for too long. So the belief in Ayurveda um, and in all holistic modalities and, and natural, you know, natural health principles, this is true of traditional Chinese medicine as well. The belief is that when we see a rash on the skin or we notice that we have a sore throat or we um, we develop an infection, these are all symptoms of something else that has imbalanced our bodies in some way and not you know an imbalance could begin emotionally it could begin psychologically and the imbalance is causes something and there's a root cause underneath this visible external symptom that has led to an imbalance which has then caused some level of disharmony within us so Sometimes, you know, the more intuitive we are, the more we manage to listen, the more we manage to pay attention to what is happening and what we are feeling. And this is what Ayurveda is so incredibly good at doing. It really equips you with the tools that allow you to feel long before those symptoms have appeared that something is off, (laughs) something isn't quite right. There's a feeling. There's an instinct. There's a there's just a suspicion at times, and we we sort of understand what is needed in, in, as a result. So I'll give you an example. So I said before that I'm pitta, which means I've, there's a lot of fire in my system, and this fire can manifest as a hot temper. It can manifest as, you know, a a rash. It can manifest as flushing in my face. You know, um, I'm prone to heat rashes and things like that, to impatience, to aggression. All of these things, if to, if I allow the fire in me to, to continue to build and I don't quell it, I don't look to douse it and balance it. So, if I went through a period of being very competitive at work, very aggressively kind of chasing something or being quite forceful, was at the same time perhaps eating a diet which was putting a lot more fire into my system. So the obvious spicy foods, but also things which are quite sour um, and and overly salty. And all of these things would start to 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 build fire in my system. If I were not paying attention to the fact that I, you know, on a very basic physical level might might be starting to feel feel overheated or might feel as though my system were um a little bit acidic. Um, you know, heartburn is is quite a quite a classic symptom for for pitta types. 
and I just carried on as as I as I was and I and I was doing things in my life and I was e- eating things and making decisions in my life that just continued to throw fuel onto this fire then I could very easily expect to get to a point where my the pitta imbalance in my body resulted in a very angry red rash which would be harder to treat so the red hot um, burning type of eczema that I am prone to um, would would make itself known potentially um, rosacea flushing of the face you know a very kind of high redness in the skin um, sweating more profusely and having a more acidic um, quality to the to the smell of 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 one's perspiration it, you know all of these things are markers which tell us that our body needs cooling down. So with Ayurveda, knowing that perhaps there's this imbalance, we look to counterbalance. Opposites are what balance one another. So instead of choosing the salty, the sour and the spicy foods, I would go for the cooling um, co- naturally cooling foods and and tastes that are that are that are bitter and astringent, which cool the system. Um, and I would look to sort of douse the fire a bit more with tastes which are which are that bit sweeter um, to put the, to put some of that fire out. Instead of racing, rushing, competing, I would work on being far more patient, far more accepting. I would rebalance the rhythm of my day so that I had plenty of time to be very still and very slow. I would put more emphasis on my meditation practice. Instead of choosing a very heating form of yoga, so um, kundalini for instance, which puts lots of fire into the belly, I would choose a much, a much more calming and restorative type of yoga i might just do i might do yoga nidra practice or i might try yin or or just go to a very slow classic hatha practice and you know these are very simple things to consider and the effectiveness of them is really really quite extraordinary but it should be anything but extraordinary because this is this is nature this is how nature works we're thirsty we drink water we're cold we put on a warmer jumper we're tired we lie down to sleep so when we're full of fire we look to do things which which quell and cool and soothe and you know this is something which we would naturally naturally have navigated our lives with you know this these considerations rather than just keeping on keeping on and and pushing ourselves to the extent that we now do so ayurveda it has such useful tools it's it's based on the five elements theory which is the same as um traditional chinese medicine although there's a difference with one of the elements but when we talk about the five elements we talk about space air fire water and earth so these these elements are what manifest everything we know of the world around us they are the the elements that go into the ground upon which we walk the the rain that we 
that we're sprinkled with, the air that we breathe, but they present themselves in our bodies on a on a physical and a biological level as the doshas. So pitta, which we've already talked about, is the fire. To a lesser degree, there's water there too. Vata is the first of the doshas. It's made vata expresses itself through space and through air, and the sort of the airiness and the flightiness of vata is is apparent um, because of those elements preside. The fire and the heat and the sort of ambition of of pitta is 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 apparent because because of the heat, you know, from the element fire, and kapha, which um, earth is the predominant element with kapha to a lesser degree, water. So we think of the solidity and the abundance and the luster and the 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 rootedness of kapha, um, and that is seen on a on a biological level within our bodies as a body that has more substance and which is more lustrous and and curvaceous. So the you know the all of these elements this the, the way nature presents itself it can be seen in us too and we we look to balance these imbalances within ourselves by by essentially placing things on the opposite side of the scale so if you're very vata and you are quite flighty and um and forgetful at times and always rushing and um and sort of on the go and find it hard to root yourself find it hard to slow and stop and pause then you have to make a conscious choice you have to choose to root yourself you have to choose practices and lifestyle choices and foods and you know ways of ways of really deeply nourishing and nurturing yourself which feed your body up and give it more weight which which put roots back down into the earth and to think about ourselves in this way I find so poetic not not least of all because it's visually powerful and 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 descriptive and we think of ourselves as fire and air and water but because we are inseparable from mother nature from the natural world around us and when we live ayurvedically we really start to feel these effects upon us so the conditions of of, of a day you know if a day is if a day is very um sort of crisp and windy and light and clear then we we experience vata we we you know we feel those those qualities in the day and a day such as that will raise vata in our system we feel we feel and experience the qualities and the tastes of the food that we eat and there's a quality that we can can come to know in in everything that we do in the sleep that we experience and you know the rhythm of our lives you know if we if we are racing and competing and striving and forcing that puts an awful lot of fire back into us because there's something aggressive there that you know that that sense of competition and wanting to be better than other people and that doggedness and that that's that really 
raises the fire in us and it can imbalance our pitta. Likewise, if we're feeling very demotivated, very heavy, very lethargic, and we're really finding it difficult to shake that heaviness off, that's that's when we feel feel the effects of kapha, where the earth element um, is rooting us a little bit too profoundly and we we find it hard to rise we find it hard to wake in the morning we find we want to sleep all day long we want to pull those covers over our heads and you know kapha imbalance is 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 very present in people who have very very unshifting deep dark depression that has settled over them and and is a real weight upon them and that you know this is something i i've i have very personal experience of and understanding how you know how the elements at play make us feel is is very very empowering if we are always flying off in all directions we're rushing around our feet you know we we talk about people whose feet never touch the ground they are they are continually dashing from a to b this is this is when we see the elements of air and space and this idea that we can't we can't um we can't quite get our hands on someone we can't we can't uh, sit them down or settle them in any one place they're always flying off that's that's when we have a vata imbalance so the way we choose to live and the pace at which we live our lives and the choices we make, absolutely all of these things in Ayurveda have an incredibly profound effect upon how we feel in our bodies and in our minds day to day. So that's a rooting um, in the in the very kind of introductory science of Ayurveda and I really hope that it just allows you to think a little bit more deeply about the practices that might that might be most beneficial to you. So for Vata who is rushing so much of the time whose mind is coming up with thoughts continually but they're likely to forget as many as they ever as they ever dream up there's a sense that it's hard to get a grip on anything it's hard things are ungraspable just as the air is ungraspable vata really needs to really needs to be brought back down to earth and everything needs to be slowed down and vata needs to sit and eat slowly and chew slowly and really savor what they're eating vata vata imbalance will cause people to to you know to sort of race down the street um <laughs> and grab something and inhale it and not even really taste it um a lot of my friends who are very very high in vata are the types who will sort of graze all day long you know picking at things here and there but won't sit down to eat a, a properly warming satiating meal now vata can be very cold in their in their bodies 
they can find it very hard to warm up. So warmth for them is crucial and everything from being properly dressed, again, it's it's something I giggle about because my Vata friends, bless them, are often the ones who complain most about being cold but are are continually improperly dressed they will they will come to meet me in the middle of autumn wearing a little vest and a you know a cardigan or something so layers of warmth and comfort and coziness rooting yourself in your day making enough time to eat proper meals particularly your lunchtime meal if you can sit down when the sun is at the highest point in the sky, which is when your digestive system is best supported. So we talk of Agni, which is which is your fire, your internal metabolic fire, and the, your digestive fire. And the fire within you is 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 bolstered by the fire in the sky. So when the sun is at its highest and we feel its effects effects most most obviously, we're also best able to sit down and enjoy our biggest meal and digest it most effectively. So I prefer a, a, a good, you know, moderate breakfast, but not a big one, a really hearty lunch and and quite a light dinner, simply because we we digest best of all in the middle of the day. We need that food and the energy we get from it is 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 very is very well used and the later we eat the less use we have for all of that food and it can become quite heavy on our digestive systems and this is a very ayurvedic way to think about how we eat you know often quite a light breakfast a a wonderful hearty seasonal lunch and a lighter dinner and to eat early as well for dinner which is incredibly difficult when you know i've done many many years in 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 an office where I wouldn't even have left the office until half past six, seven o'clock, and I'd be home making dinner at eight, half eight, eating around nine. When I when I was having to do that, but was also trying to live as ayurvedically as I could, I used to make a light soup um, and take it in a flask and try and eat my meal before I left actually to go home. But if I wanted to get home and eat in peace and quiet and in the comfort of my own home, I would just make the meal light enough to not sit heavily um, in my in my tummy and to not be hard to digest, but to to obviously never never be left feeling hungry. That's something I, I absolutely cannot uh, cannot abide. I, I will never ever allow myself to to ignore my hunger. So we were saying with Vata then that by grounding ourselves. Um, and with the tastes we're looking at for vata, we're looking at the sweet and the sour and the salty tastes. And these are the tastes that put back the, the water and the earth and the fire, um, into, into our systems, which is, which is what we need. We need the earth and we need, we need the lubrication and the moisture that we get from the water. Vata types tend to be very dry. Their skin can be very dry. Their hair can be quite brittle. Um, they can find that their eyes are often dry and need to be lubricated. Oils for vata are just so important. Massaging with warm oil. Sesame oil is 
is highly prized and recommended in Ayurveda for vata because it it really penetrates and warms not just the skin but you're thinking about the joints and the bones and these are things in vata which can start to feel quite quite fragile and quite um, quite brittle actually so oiling oiling yourself back to health and goodness is a really is a really beautiful practice to get you know, to get in the habit of, of, of doing, even if you're just massaging your feet every evening with warm sesame oil, that will really help to root you and ground you, you know, literally in a way, because you're, you are warming up your feet. And as you walk with your feet on the ground, which are feeling warmer, that, that warmth rises and, and allows you to feel more, more in your body and less, less flighty. So for pitta, so pitta where there is just an excess of fire, we, I find um, that I really have to begin by looking at down at my life, almost like a bird floating above it, and I always start by thinking about the things I do in my day to day life, which make me feel impatient and short-tempered which are likely to cause me to snap at people get cross um get flustered one of the things for me is making sure I really don't run late for things historically I've been really really rather bad at this I'm quite I'm quite um laissez-faire with these things I don't always leave enough time to get from A to B but when you are really racing against other people so you're trying to overtake people on the street or you're cross because the bus is stuck in traffic or you're willing things to speed up you know this there's a sense that you sort of, you've got your foot on the accelerator and when you've got your foot on the accelerator and you're burning through that gas you're putting fire into your system and it's that kind of mindset which really fires pitter up to a degree which can be quite hard to to rebalance so I try to leave myself enough time to do the things that I need to do. I try very hard not to take on too much. And this is years and years and years of of learning for me. You know, I there were many years where I would look down at my diary and every hour of every day was allocated to something. And this is true of Vata as well. Vata can say yes to things far too, far too easily. And is Vata, you know, will just say, I'll hop on a plane, I'll hop on a bus, I'll meet you there, I'll be there, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And it's, it, it's, it's a challenge to us. You know, we, we are, we're not meant to be able to teleport. Um, and things should be done at the right pace. You know, my grandmother always used to say, when you rush, you leave your soul behind because our souls are not made for this crazy pace. So with Pitta, I start to get quite quiet and meditation becomes very important for me because it slows the mind, it clears the mind, it helps me helps me reframe things it also brings back perspective i think meditation is very powerful because it it really helps you see the ego for what it is and of all the doshic types pitta is probably the most prone to letting their ego take over they can be very self-centered 
and and just naturally very competitive they actually have that fire in them that wants to win wants to succeed and when you put that fire into something which helps others and is for a greater good and is something you create because you're driven to create but you're creating from a place of of truth and harmony then there's such beauty there but it's always important to ask ourselves those questions because pitta can can run off they can really run off wanting to do things for for the sake of doing them and wanting to win things and achieve things for the sake of of winning you know for holding up that trophy and putting another medal on the on the shelf so it's been a real unlearning for me with with that because pitta is is you know naturally what i'm most in you know that's my this is my prakriti this is the sort of constitution i was born with and i find that very meditative calming cooling practices being near water listening to the sound of water moonlight which is cooling and silvery and really quells the heat and the fire of the sun it's its opposite so it's very balancing even even the simplest things choosing to wear colors which which i feel soothe me and and calm me and cool me i wear lots of blue i love the color of things like sort of opal and and topaz and emerald and i i i place crystals around my home which um which reflect those colors i have beautiful celestites in quite a few of my rooms i love blue topaz all of these things just very naturally very very naturally bring some level of calm and counterbalancing ease to what is naturally quite a fiery nature and for kafa who is so beautifully kind of steady and stable and steadfast being you know being earth we talk about these our earth mothers the earth mamas in our society and they you know so many of them will be will be naturally very kafa we i think about my maternal aunts growing up these beautiful curvaceous women with long lustrous hair who gave the best cuddles you know just enveloped in their arms and we it's it's a beautiful thing to to feel it's beautiful being in in Kafa's company is often very very loving and comforting and um really opens up the heart but if Kafa is imbalanced and rises to a point where it's too heavy too leaden then we start to feel very lethargic we start to slow down we find it hard to think clearly the brain can feel a bit foggy we really lack motivation so the idea of kind of getting up and really kind of getting out into the day and and achieving things starts to feel very difficult Kafa types are inherently our natural home bodies. Home for them is is the haven. It's they're beautiful homemakers mostly. Take a lot of pride in their home, but they they can find it hard to to leave the home. They can be more introverted, more more insular, and 
all of this is perfectly natural when it is balanced. It's lovely to love being at home. It's lovely to want to rest and be peaceful and still. But as I've said, if it builds up and and there's an excess of kapha, it, it can really tip over into feeling very, very heavy in mood, uh, dark in mood. Um, it can feel as though the light is slipping away and things are becoming harder, harder to wake yourself up in the morning. You know, you might be continually hitting the snooze button and you want to, you want to, to shake that off. You know, you want to, you want to invigorate and enliven and excite your senses again. So for kapha, we talk about the tastes um, which bring a bit of spice and and clarity back to the body so that they are your pungent and your bitter and your astringent tastes. Um, food which is which is naturally spicy, which uh, puts a bit of zing <laughs> back into the diet, which also gets things moving as well. You know, the kapha constitution can be quite sluggish. And you want to you want to stoke your agni, your digestive fire. You want to get that really get that heating up. Kapha can be very cold and damp, often cold to the touch. Actually, kapha, even though the skin will tend to be very smooth and very soft, there can there can be a real sense of of, of cool to the skin. It's very rare that their skin feels warm or hot. Um, and they may complain of sort of, of poor circulation, which actually is very true of vata as well. Uh, m- most of my vata friends suffer with very cold feet and hands in the winter. So with kapha, you want to stoke that fire. You want to invite um, excitement and invigoration into your life. So whether that's hiking, mountain biking, um you know, doing quite adventurous sports actually to really shake yourself awake, having a lot more sex, you know, getting the libido fired up, just just bringing more and more layers of excitement and energy into your life. It's, you know, I, I, I find this really attractive and compelling. You know, being pitta, I have to be careful not to overexcite things because then my fire goes <laughs> burn the house down. But with kapha, you know, you can really invite these practices in, which which heat you up and warm you up and get you quite hot under the collar. Because you're never really, if you are, if kapha is a very predominant, um, a predominant dosha for you, you you won't ever really burn up. You'll just bring warmth back into a body which is predominantly quite cool and cold so I'd say you know have lots of fun doing that there's so much more to discover with Ayurveda and I'm going to um, I'm going to touch on so many more topics in the coming weeks there'll be an episode on menstruation and women's cycles there'll be an episode on the rhythm of the day so we'll talk about morning and evening rituals and I will also do um, seasonal episodes so there'll be one coming shortly on the energies of spring and how we balance ourselves in spring. If you haven't listened to our first episode, um, Paul shares some really lovely advice on getting getting spring's energy uh, flowing and supporting ourselves Ayurvedically. Part of the the remit of this podcast was always to take 
pilgrimages to meet people in their homes or in their places of work or worship or devotion and sit by their sides and have really enriching conversations and share stories. And there are many of these uh, planned that will be coming over the next weeks. I'm really looking forward to sharing an episode with you, which is coming in just a few weeks, which will be with Sebastian Pohl, who is an Ayurvedic just sage. He's just so wise. He knows everything there is to know about herbs. And we are going to be talking about some incredible adaptogenic Ayurvedic herbs and also several indigenous um, English herbs, things that we find readily on our footpaths and in our back gardens um, and how to use those to bring balance. To listen to more episodes, subscribe at iTunes. And to learn more about living a more conscious life, visit us at thisconsciouslife.co. Thank you for listening.